for the past what the, the past two Sundays ago we've been talking about the grace of God okay how many of you are enjoying our topic on the grace of God our series everybody you know what um, since we started talking about the grace of God you know the grace of God has really impacted me this year since we started talking about the grace of God it has really changed my perspective in a lot of things it has changed my perspective as far as my salvation is concerned it has changed my perspective as far as living a Christ-like life attitude and it has changed my life even the way I deal things in the office at work and most importantly it is it has changed my reaction to the love of God and I hope you too are being impacted with our teachings on the grace of God so we had the break for two Sundays last Sunday pastor uh, Jim talk about Caleb okay and we have learned that Caleb even at the age of 85 years old he told Joshua give me this mountain and I will conquer it okay so God is not a respecter of person neither he's a respecter of age neither is he a respecter of where we came from but because of God's great love he has showered his grace to each and every one of us and just like Caleb we can still say to this mountain we can still say that give me this mountain and I will conquer it amen, amen. so look to the person next to you and say wake up I know it's kind of cloudy I know it's kind of cloudy and it's nice to sleep my wife woke me up I believe three times this morning okay and then uh, I set my alarm clock 12 midnight when I got home I went to sleep and then I said I wake up uh, 12 midnight and I will study but unfortunately the spirit of sleepiness <laughs> was really heavy and I was in trance okay so um, what have we learned so far grace is God's unmerited favor we have also learned the difference between justice, mercy, and grace. Justice is, you know, we get the punishment that we deserve. Whereas mercy, we got the forgiveness that we don't deserve. But grace is, other than being forgiven, God has adopted us. Okay, and God has blessed us. He made us as co-heirs with His Son, Christ Jesus. It is actually a one-way thing. Because we are not capable of loving God. But because of God's grace, whatever we have done, whoever you are, God has picked us up. He has loved us. And you know, one of the things that the book of Psalms says is that who is man that thou art mindful of him? Sino ka? Who are you? That the CEO of the universe would always think about you. Who is man? 
come to think of it, what is our value? The Bible says that our sins, even if your last name is banal, okay, our sins are just like filthy rugs in the eyes of God. Because He is a holy God. We are sinful. There's a huge, huge, big gap. I don't know how to describe it, but there's a gap between a holy God and a sinful man like us. But that holy God, the CEO, the creator of the universe, the one who made the stars, the heaven, has thought about you, has loved you so much. And in fact, he sent the very best. He didn't get the retiring angel in heaven to go to earth to save you. But what did he do? He sent his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him and accepts that free gift of salvation, you will be safe. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? And that's how God loves you and me. Amen? It's very basic. We've learned that in Sunday school. We've heard that, that God loves me. But have we really sat down and think how much God loves us? It will blow your mind away. And it's difficult to understand. It's all capital W-O-W, -W, wow. In fact, the word wow is not even enough to describe that grace that God has showered upon George, upon me, upon everybody. Amen? So look at the person next to you and say, wake up. Okay. We have also learned that grace and truth goes together. We've learned in John chapter 1 that through Moses, law was given. And it was only Jesus that is described in the Bible as the one who is full of grace and truth. Nobody else. Even if you look at the concordance, accordance, recordance, whatever it is, you will never find anybody in the Bible that's described as the person full of grace and truth. And grace and truth go hand in hand. Grace without truth is futile. Baliwala. So these two go together. Now I have shown you about the picture of grapes. Who, who likes to eat grapes? Diba ang sarap ng grapes? Lalo na yung walang buto? You know, the Bible says in, uh, in John chapter 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. And the Lord expects us to bear fruit. And as we bear fruit, the only thing that is required of us is to abide in the vine. Therefore, as branches, we are simply called fruit hangers. What is a fruit hanger? You just allow yourselves to hold that, that fruit. Now, the other Sunday or two Sundays ago, three Sundays ago, Pastor Insong shared with me how raisins are done. Sino sa inyo nakakita ng pasas? 
Siyempre, nilalagay sa salad, sa cookies, whatever. But you know what? I don't like to eat raisins. For whatever reasons, I like grapes. Di ba mas maganda tingnan ng grapes kaysa sa pasas? If you look at the picture, the, the, the one on the center is actually grape. Parang ang sarap pitasin and eat, right? But the one on the right side, left side ninyo, it's drying up. You know how raisins are made? What they do is they cut the branch and just leave it hanging and allow it to dry. You know what? There are a lot of Christians who look like they are grapes. They go to church every day. They attend Bible study. They are even part of the D group. They Sometimes they read the Word of God. They sing the same song. But they are like what? They are like raisins because they are not attached to the branch. Even if you go to CCF and you have been in CCF more than the life of CCF, <laughs> you still cannot go to heaven unless you have received the grace of God that is given to each and every one. And what is important is we should be attached to the branch, to the vine. Unless we are attached to the vine, we will never, never bear fruit. Some of us, when we got born again, we were so excited. We were bearing fruit. But all of a sudden, what happened? We detached ourselves from the vine. Who would like to be a pasas here? I don't like that. Yung pasas, the raisins, kulubot. Diba? Tumatanda na. Natutuyo na. And a lot of Christians are natutuyo. They're drying up in their Christian walk. Why? Because they have been detached from the vine. Amen? We have learned that we have nothing to do with our salvation. No matter what you do, you have nothing to do with salvation. And I have shared this with you that Jesus laid his life for me. He died on the cross. And Jesus gave his life for me so that Jesus can live his life through me. So when Jesus is living his life within us, it is the life of Jesus, it is the radiance of Jesus that we bring out. It is the life of Jesus that we bring out and people see in us the beauty of Jesus. The more that we stay under God's grace, the more we fall in love with Jesus. And you can sing with all your heart, you are beautiful beyond description. And sometimes Christians cannot sing that. It's just a song. They have not realized how beautiful Jesus is. How many of you have been in love once in your life? It's nice to be in love and be loved, right? Oh, nagsisikuhan. You know, if you are in love with Jesus, Jesus is going to be the best name that you'd like to hear every day. Jesus, it's the sweetest name of all. Jesus. 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 
So once we experience the grace of God, that name Jesus becomes really very sweet. And you fall in love with Jesus every day, every day, every day, every day. Amen? This morning, we will talk about work. Why do we have to work? For money? Tomorrow is holiday to many of us, right? Ay, salamat. Martes papasok na naman. We enjoy Friday. Thank God it's Friday. Saturday I'm going to rest. Saturday I'm going out, etc. So on and so forth. Sunday, thank God, after church, we will watch movie, we'll go lakwacha. Ay, lunes na naman bukas. Who thinks that way? Ako lang? I remember sometime in January, I had the discussion with Pastor Danny. We had an accountability talk. And one of the things that I told him was the struggle that I have with work. It was a daily thing, work, work, work. Okay, so I want us to open our Bibles and in reverence to God's Word, let's all stand up and read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 9 to 10. Okay, open your cell phones, open your iPads, open your Bible, because... It's not on the screen. No, I lied. Okay? For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace to me not, was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Father, we thank you for your words. Lord, I pray that you will quicken our hearts, our mind. Lord, that we will be receptive to your words. Lord, you said, Lord God, that your words will not return to you void. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but Lord, not even a dot in your words. Lord God, will not come to pass, but they will all happen. And I pray, Lord God, that these words will sink down in our hearts, seeds that will grow, and so that it will manifest in our lives, so that people around us will see the beauty of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for each and every one who are here. Thank you, Lord God, that you are moving in our midst, from the back to the front, to the left, to the right. Lord God, your Holy Spirit is in our midst, and thank you. Thank you for convicting us. Thank you for quickening our minds so that we can understand your words. We remember, Lord, those who are not here, those who are out of town, on vacation. Lord, I ask, Lord God, that your presence will be with them. And Lord God, that they will be mindful always of your presence and your grace in their lives. For our brethren who are sick, I pray, Father God, that you will reach out and touch them. Your hands are not too short, Lord God, that you cannot touch them. 
Lord God, thank you that you are our Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals us. And I speak healing to them in Jesus' name. Sickness, we command you to bow down. You are just a name. And we command you to bow down in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your healing touch. Thank you, Lord God, for your faithfulness and goodness to us. And thank you even for the freedom that we have in this country. We remember, Lord God, our government. We remember this nation. I pray, dear Father, that once again, you will visit this nation with your power. You will send revival in this nation so that people, Lord God, will go back to you. People will repent of their sins and people will again recognize you as you are the Lord and Savior. And Father God, we even pray for the Philippines, Lord. Lord, I pray, Father God, that you will move mightily in that nation. Lord, it has been prophesied that that nation is going to be the jumping board of your gospel in Asia. And I pray, Father God, that it will manifest in Jesus' name. I pray for the church leaders in our country that, Lord God, they will mobilize, Lord God, themselves so that they will be able to reach out more people into your kingdom. We even lift up to you, Israel. Lord, we speak blessings to that nation. We speak peace to that nation. For you said in your words that we are to pray for Israel and pray for the peace of that country. I pray, Father God, that there will always be peace in that land. And I pray, Lord God, that people, the Israelites, the Jews, Lord God, they will recognize you as the Messiah. Thank you, Father God, for all the things that you have done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the passage that we read earlier is actually a letter of Paul to the Corinthians, wherein he described himself as somebody who is least among the apostles. Why did he consider himself as the least among the apostles? Because the apostle Paul, before his conversion, he used to be called Saul. In Spanish, they call him Saul. Okay, in, in the Philippines, we call him Saul. Saul. Saul was the one persecuting the church. He's actually, he even witnessed the death of Stephen. He was there when they were stoning Stephen to death. And, Steve, and, and Paul was a person that, you know, Christians are afraid to mingle with or to talk to. Why? Because Paul was known to be a persecutor of the church. But on his way to Damascus, the Lord or Jesus met him and that started his conversion and God changed his name from Saul to Paul. Paul is a very learned man. In short, he's a big time guy. Probably he's one of the genius that ever lived this earth. He wrote two-thirds of the Bible. If you look at the New Testament, there are a lot of, of letters that Paul wrote to the church that he has established during the early days. So Paul was a big-time person. But what did he say in, in what we just read? I am the least of the apostles. Why? Because he was a persecutor. But Paul 
despite of or in spite of the things that he has done, he said, I have worked more than all other apostles, and yet he did not brag on his accomplishments. He bragged on the grace of God that was working in his life. So that's the background, that's the history of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 9 and 10. We have learned in 2 Peter, during the previous discussions that we have, that God wants us to keep growing in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He wants us to grow. He doesn't want us to remain as infants, but He wants us to grow, to grow, to grow. I remember in Sunday school, we used to sing, Read your Bible, pray every day, and you grow grow, grow, and you grow, 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 and you grow, grow, grow. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you grow, grow, grow. God wants you to grow. God wants all of us to grow. To grow what? to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. You know, the life of a Christian is always likened to a seed. You know what a seed is? Seed is the buto, the binhe, seed. You know what a seed is? Okay, seed. Okay, seed is the seed that you plant. The life of a Christian is always likened to a seed. Seed that is planted. Seed that grows. And the Christian walk, God expects us to grow. You know, how do we grow in our Christian walk? We have learned in Matthew that the grace of God which is called the common grace, is available to everybody, to all of us. Whether you're a Christian, an atheist, whether you're a Filipino, you're an American, a Mexican, you're a Republican or a Democrat, there is the common grace of God that is given to each and every one of us. And aside from the common grace, God made available to each and every one, the saving grace of God. For as long as you are human, look at the person next to you and see if that person is the human. Okay, if the person next to you is a human, that saving grace of God was made available to that person. And that saving grace of God was also made available to you. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith. It is what? It is the gift of God. Not of works. Least any man should boast. So the grace of God is a gift. And what do we do with the gift? We receive the gift. So once we receive the gift, if we respond properly, to that gift that God is giving us, what happens? We get born again. 
And we can only receive that gift through faith and nothing else. Okay? The saving great grace is available and once you receive it by faith, what happens? God has transferred you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And once you get saved, there is another grace that God is offering or giving each and every one of us. It's called the calling or the enabling grace. Pangit naman pakinggan calling grace, no? So calling grace, calling grace. Mamaya ang si Sister Grace pupunta rito. So I said calling or it is called the enabling grace. What is that calling or enabling grace? I think that can be found in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 12. I'll read it. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So once you get born again, God offers you now another level of grace. And it is called the enabling grace. Or it is the calling. Each and every one of us have our own respective callings. Some of us will be called or are called to be pastors. Some of us are called to become prophets. Some are called to, are called to become apostles. It doesn't mean that if you're not a pastor, you're not a prophet, you're not an, you're not an apostle, you're not a teacher, you're not an evangelist, doesn't mean that you don't have a calling. Because if you move on to the next verse, it says that these people that God has instituted to lead over us, their role is to equip the saints. Who are the saints? All of us. To equip the saints for what? Para a display? No. To be used for the body of Christ. To equip the saints so that when we go back to the marketplace, we become different. It doesn't mean that if you're a doctor, you don't have a calling. Being a doctor is a calling from God. It doesn't mean that if you're a teacher, you don't have a calling. Being a teacher is a calling from God. And the fivefold ministry, you can even use that in the marketplace. I remember when I, I was working for for San Miguel in the Philippines, I have never hired a relative and I have never hired a Christian in my organization. Do you know the reason why? Because I know a lot of Christians who are so tamad. I know a lot of Christians who are always absent from work because they are present in church. I know a lot of Christians who always make excuses. Oh, we have an activity in church. That's why I hate hiring Christians in my office. Sad. Right? Sad, right? Even at work now, 
my, among my most problematic employees are Christians. My shop steward is a Christian. Little things, you meet him in the grievance room. Very sad. Very sad. You know, Christians are supposed to be in the forefront in the marketplace. Christians are supposed to be leading in the marketplace. Christians are supposed to be the best employees. Not the best reclaim. You know what a reclaim? Best reclamador. Christians are supposed to be the most understanding employees in the marketplace. That is why it is difficult to bring people to Christ because we don't even move a needle in the marketplace. Thank God it's not in CCF, it's in other churches. Okay, so you, most of us are employees. I am an employee. There should be a marked difference in us. We ought to be different from the rest of the world. Why? Because we have experienced the grace of God. Hello? Hello? Gising pa? You know what? Even if your boss, boss is the most reasonable person, or later I will tell you a story about that. Okay, let's move on. So once that calling, once we respond to that calling, and once we respond to that profession that God has called us to do, what happens? God gives us that enabling grace. What is that enabling grace? You know, sometimes there are things in life that you know you cannot do it. Tulad ko, you know, I was when since I was a child, mahiyain talaga ako. Talagang mahiyain ako. Who would imagine I will stand dito sa harapan ninyo? My only credential is being handsome. But aside from that, ako ang pinakamahiyain sa angka namin. Okay? Alam mo, alam nyo, Christian life is always faith. So I have faith. You know? So by faith, I receive it that I'm handsome. Okay, but you know, but you know, I just can't imagine myself standing here and sharing the Word of God. But because of the enabling grace of God, I am here in front of you. Because of the enabling grace of God, I am here to share with you what Christ has done on the cross for my life. It's not my talent. Because the enabling grace of God, I can speak English. Because personally, I'd like to always talk in Tagalog. Okay? Every time mag english ako, nako, talagang tumataas yung blood pressure ko. Okay? So, you know, it is the enabling grace of God. Sometimes, hindi naman tayo matalino, but what happened? Tayo. We were able to pass the board exams. Why? Because of the enabling grace of God. If you remove the grace of God, 
we will be down to zero. So all of these graces that God has given us, God expects us to respond. And how do we respond? We respond by faith. It is always a response of faith. Receiving the grace of God by faith. You don't have to do something fancy for you to be able to get the grace of God. You don't have to work for it. But you receive the grace of God by faith. And that faith is described in the Bible in Matthew as the mustard seed. What is a mustard seed? Mustard seed is very small, very tiny. Okay? And that mustard seed, that faith that, that, that is described in the Bible is not a matter of size. But later on, I will share with you what that mustard seed represents. But if we go back to our, what we have learned, Okay, if we go back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it is very clear. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through what? Through faith. Even if that grace is available and we don't receive it, it will, we will never experience that salvation. And the only way you can receive it is through faith. In Romans chapter 5, verse 2, it says, Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace. Meaning the only way you can access the grace, the only way you can receive the grace is what? Through faith. Okay, the mustard seed. Mustard seed is very tiny. Napakaliit. But you know, it is not a matter of how big or how small your faith is. But it is a matter if you plant that faith. If you don't plant that faith, if you don't use the faith that you have, that faith will not grow. The only way for faith to grow is when you plant the seed. The only way you will receive the enabling grace of God is when your faith starts to grow. Because every time you use that faith, God rewards you with grace. And when you use that grace, God rewards you with another grace for using that grace. Remember the parable of the talents? Remember the parable of the talents? If you don't use that grace and you hide that grace under the carpet and, or you hide that under your bed, what happens? That grace will remain just a simple grace. But if you wanted really to grow in your Christian walk, if you really wanted to experience that enabling grace, it is important that you plant that mustard seed. 
so that that mustard seed will what? Will grow. So faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the what? The word of God. If we don't hear the word of God, that faith will not build up in us. So it is important that we should be careful with what we hear. Because if every morning you hear about the news, about the chaos that's going on, about the kudita in Indonesia, we hear about the killings that happened in San Diego. And we don't ponder on the word of God what happens. Instead of faith that is built up in our lives, doubt creeps in. I am not saying wag na kayo makinig ng news. All I'm saying is, yes, the reality is the world is in chaos. Yes, in reality, things are not going any better in the world around us. But the Bible says that if we continue to hear, to hear, to hear, to hear the word of God, faith is going to be built up in our lives. And that faith, that small seed of mustard seed that's planted, that faith that we use enables us to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So faith is very important. Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. We can never please God without faith. Because anyone who goes to God must go to Him in faith. If we want to be blessed, we need to go to God in faith. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that God exists. And that God who does that exists that we cannot see is a rewarder of anyone who earnestly seek Him. Without faith, it is impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to step into a new thing in your life. Without faith, it is impossible to experience another level of grace that God is offering each and every one of us. So faith is very important. Amen? Look at the person next to you and wake up that person. Okay? Why do we work? You know, there's an essay by Bob Black. Okay? He has, he's actually an art, I don't know what he is, but he is a lawyer for short. Okay? He said, no one should ever work. Work is the source of nearly all the misery in the world. Almost any evil you'd care to name comes from working or from living in a world designed for work. 
in order to stop suffering, we have to stop working. That's according to Bob Black. But you know what? Here in America, we spend more than 50% of our hours working. No, 50% of our waking hours working. We work. I go to the office as early as 3 o'clock sometimes in the morning. So I would wake up 2 o'clock in the morning. Okay, and go to work. So we work. Some of us have two jobs. Some of us even have three jobs. Okay, we work. We work. We work. And Bob Black was saying that the source of a lot of misery in this world is because of work. And he advocates the abolition of work. Sabi ba? Hallelujah! Okay? So why do we have to work? Number one, work is ordained by God. It was God who created work. Akala ko ba, Brother Reg, we will talk of grace. Kita mo, all of a sudden, work. Okay, let's look at the scriptures. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man, mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all creatures that move along the ground. So from time immemorial, it is God's will for you to rule in this life. It is God's will for you to be above your situation. Okay? God wants us to be the head from time immemorial and not beneath. So as employees, God wants us to be the best employee and not a mediocre employee. Why? Sabi dyan. So that they may rule over the fish. Okay? Let's move on. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Let's jump to Genesis chapter 2, verse 5. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. Meaning, if somebody is not working, there will be no blessing. Right? It's very clear. Work was initiated by God from time immemorial. In fact, Sabian, there were no shrubs that appeared on the earth because there was no rain. 
and there was no one working the ground. So it is God who ordained work from the very beginning. And the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of to what? To what? To work it and what? So wow. God created work. God never created Adam and Eve to just sit down and wait for the apes to bring them food. God created them to work. God created them to work. God created them to do something. Okay? So why work? You know, work is for a lifetime. Whether you like it or not, work is for a lifetime. God intends humans to work as long as they live, whether paid or volunteer. It is never God's intent for you to wake up in the morning and lie down again and sleep. And the birds will bring you food in your bed and then sleep again. But the intent of God is for man to work for a lifetime. Because what we read earlier, God created man in his own image and likeness. What is the image of God? What is the likeness of God? He was working. In fact, he created everything in six days. He was working. And the Bible says that on the seventh day, he rested. Meaning, he rested from what? He rested from working. You cannot rest from rest. Right? Just imagine yourself resting from rest. But God rested from what? From work. On the seventh day, he rested because he was working. And God created you and me in his likeness and in his image. Why? So that we will work like him. Am I correct? Am I making sense? Okay. Let's move on. Why is now work difficult? Look at this. When man fell into sin, this is what happened. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife. <laughs> you, you know, guys, sino mga husbands dito? You know, sometimes you have to listen to your wives. Okay? Because most of the time, they make sense. This one is different, huh? Okay? Wag yung sabihin pag nag-away kayo, sabi ko na nga ba eh. Nasa Bible. Kaya pagka yung wife ko, kasama ko nagda-drive, and we get lost. Because she's the one navigating for me. I said, you see, the Bible says, do not listen to your wife. <laughs> okay? So to Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate 
fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Curse is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. God ordained work and work is supposed to be beautiful. But because of sin, because of the curse, God cursed the ground. That's why what happens? Our perception of work has changed. That's why work becomes what? Difficult to do because the ground was cursed. Right in the beginning, in the beginning, work was good. Work was supposed to be holy. Works was supposed to be our worship to God. But because of sin, sin made God curse the ground. You know what happened in the Garden of Eden, right? The snake went to Eve. And the Bible says the snake doesn't crawl before. Siguro ang snake ganito maglakad no? Right? Chinese? But when man fell into sin, the snake was cursed. And the Bible says that the snake, God told the snake that it will now start to crawl on his belly. And in addition to that, the ground was cursed. And it says, you will toil and you will eat from it all the days of your life. Wow, Genesis 3.18, it says, it will produce thorns and thistles for you. And you will eat plants of the field. Genesis 3.19, it says, by the sweat of your brow. Kaya wag niyong tatanggalin yung mga kilay niyo. Mag-iiwan kayo, okay? By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and dust you will return. From the sweat of your brow, you will eat. So if you don't sweat, you should not eat. Why work? Somebody said earlier to have money. That's correct. Because work aims to provide money or resources to supply the necessities of life. Provide quality of life in the satisfaction of doing a job well done. And what? To serve God. So work enables us to what? To have money. And the Bible says, and the Bible says, it is God who gives us the ability to acquire wealth. And because of the ability and the grace of God that He has given us, okay, we will be prosperous. Because of the ability that God has given us, you are working. Because of the ability that God has given you, you are the head in your office. You are the manager. Kahit sabi mong janitor ka, head janitor ka pa rin. Just like what happened to Joseph. Joseph was in prison. What happened to him? He was still the head in the prison. Because God promised you that he will be the head and you will not be the tail. You will be above only and not beneath. That is if you accept 
the grace that God is offering us. Amen? So work aims to provide money. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, it says that if a man will not work, he shall not eat. Kung hindi ka magtatrabaho, hindi ka kakain, magugutom ka. Kung hindi ka marunong magluto, magpaluto ka. Pero, kailangan mo ng pera para ibayad mo sa magluluto sa'yo. Okay? So, you need money. Servants, do what you're told by your earthly masters. And don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. You want to have more? Do your best. How can God reward you with more if you're not doing your best? Kung magtapon lang ng basura, hindi mo maitapon, how can God reward you to be the head of the janitors? How can, reward, how can God reward you to become the supervisor? If you always reclaim, you always complain, you always make reclamo. How can God reward you? How can give God give you a good grade in school if you don't even want to study? How can you understand your lesson in school if little things you're not listening to the teacher or you're not even reading your books? Hello? <laughs> Lahat ng tulog magsabi ng Amen! amen. <laughs> Sinasabi ko na nga ba eh. Okay, I, I remember I was preaching once in a province in the Philippines. So I was saying, Lahat ng mga tulog! Sabi ng Hallelujah! Tulad niya, ang dami nag-Hallelujah, tulog pala sila. Okay, servants, do your best. Do your best. Are we doing our best in our in our marketplace, in our workplace? It is my prayer, it is my desire that the Christians in CCF are the best employees. The best in class. The best in everything. The best. Tulog. <laughs> Naputol yung link. Okay. Ephesians chapter 6, 6 to 7, it says, Don't just do what you have to do to get by, but work heartily as Christ's servants, doing what God wants you to do. And work with a smile in your face. Minsan, hindi nga tayo nagre-reklamo sa office, pero mukha natin isang damakmak na reklamo. Okay? And work with a smile on your face. Always keep in mind that no matter 
who happens to be giving the orders, you are really serving what? You are serving God. Even if your boss is unreasonable, even if your boss will malign you, even, even if your boss will say nasty things about you, the Bible says that we are still serving God. You know, uh, I've shared this testimony sa, sa D-group ko. When our new boss came, came to our office, he was really mean. Okay? Uh, mean as in mean. Okay? Mean as in sometimes I would even pray that I am sick so that I can stay out of work. Seriously. You know, every time I wake up, my wife can testify that, can attest to that. Work was really a burden. But you know, when I get to learn about the grace of God, I learned how to pray for my boss. First time in my life, I will confess to you that I have prayed for my enemies. It was very, 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 very difficult. It is very humbling on my part. Alam nyo, tayo mga pinanoipi, most of us are graduates of colleges in the Philippines, right? Okay, I have my, my master's back in the Philippines. Graduate akong suma kum lao No, hindi, hindi, hindi suma kum lao but you know, at least nakatapos ako, I finished my college, I have a degree, and I have a master's degree. And I am now reporting to a high school graduate. And whatever that high school graduate will say, though unreasonable, I have to follow. It was very, very difficult for me to do that. But when I started to pray for my boss, you know what? In a matter of about a week or two, there was a complete turnaround in the way our boss treats us. For whatever reasons, I do not know. I don't understand. Ayoko na magtanong, baka magbago pa. Okay, but, you know, I believe it was a product of prayer. I believe it was a product of prayer and God honored my faith. And I said, Lord, help me to become obedient to a high school graduate. Even if you have trained me in the best school and in the best company in the Philippines. Help me. I tell you, I know most of you have experienced that. Some of you hold position back in our country. And all of a sudden, you are a servant here. 
Some of us here are taga-utos lang sa Pilipinas and all of a sudden we do things here. In the Philippines, I have not even touched a fax machine. In here, ako lahat. Tagabuhat pa, whatever. But you know, I have to go through that humbling experience for me to experience the grace of God that is at work. And once we use that grace of God, we accept it by faith. What happens? God will honor that. God will honor that. Amen? So we're doing things for God. We're serving Him. Not our boss. So why work? Work is honorable. When we work, we always need to think that I am working to bring honor to God. All work brings glory to God and fulfillment to us if it is done for God's glory. And you know, work provides us the opportunity to become witness in the marketplace. Just imagine if all of you are called to become pastors. Lahat tayo dito sa harapan. Just imagine if all of you are called to become prophets. Puro tayo, thus sayeth the Lord, thus sayeth the Lord Karin. But God has called some to become apostles, some to become pastors. But most of us are called or were called to be in the marketplace. To be what? To be witnesses for the gospel. To show them that there is something different in us. The difference is we have experienced the grace of God. And the reason why we are excelling in the marketplace, it's because there is that enabling grace that comes from God. We don't do things to please our boss. If we need to please somebody, we please God. You know what? Even pleasing God, even if you don't please God, God still loves you. Even if you mess up at work, God still loves you and He's still offering you that grace that is available to each and every one of us. And the only thing that we need to do is accept it by grace. Accept it by grace. I, I'm sorry, accept it by faith. Amen? Galatians 3.13, it says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who is hung on a pole. Christ died for you and for me to redeem you from the curse that was given in Genesis. And in the New Testament and in our time, we live under grace because what? Christ has redeemed us. Meaning how difficult, no matter how difficult your work is, no matter how intricate it is, no matter how difficult your subject in school is, if we accept the grace of God, if we appropriate it, the Bible says that God has redeemed us. It may not be easy. Christian walk is not a bed of roses. Even roses got thorns. But what did the Bible says? I will deliver you. Because of what? Because of the grace of God. Because of the grace of God. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was like drops of blood 
falling to the ground. That's very important because when the blood of Jesus was dropped on the ground, the curse that was given on the ground for you and for me was changed into a blessing. Man, you don't have to sweat it out. Hindi mo kailangan maging ang tawag doon? Sip-sip sa boss mo. Just do your best. Because God will honor that faith and it is God who will promote you. Of course, your boss will be a medium. But realize this, because of the grace of God, it is God who will actually promote you. Just like what happened to Joseph. Joseph was in prison. But what happened? Because of God's grace, God elevated him and he became the number two person. Grace, grace. That's very important. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. This is a promise. God is ready to overwhelm you with more blessings than you could ever imagine so that you'll always be taken care of in every way and you shall have more than enough to share. God is going to bless you not to hoard your blessing. God is going to give you more grace not to keep it under the bed. God is blessing you so that you can share. God is going to shower you with more grace so that you can show grace in the marketplace. If you are overflowing with grace, people around you will see, man, iba ito. Amen? And you can say with Apostle Paul, I can do all things through Christ. Who is Christ? Full of grace and truth. Who what? Who gives me the strength. Lastly, what's this? This is the picture of the earth. The one on the right side is day and the one on the left is night. One of the things that I ask is why did God created day and night when he wanted us to work? Why did he just created all day so that we can work day to day? Rest? I can rest on the seventh day. You know, I heard this message from a pastor in, Indonesia, in Malaysia. He spoke about this and, you know, it's very true. And uh, who of you here loves plants? Tanim. Sino sa inyo nakakita ng tanim man lang? Por Dios, por santo, okay. Alam niyo ba yung tanim? Plant, okay. I validated this in the internet and and a research was made in, in one of the universities here, I believe it's uh, in Michigan, 
that you know the plants started really to grow and the seed starts to sprout at night it doesn't sprout in the daytime haven't you noticed even mga kwento nung araw di ba mga fairy tales nagtanim and then all of a sudden the story of John and the beanstalk Jack and the beanstalk Sorry, that was 20 years ago. Okay, Jack and the Beanstalk. Remember what happened to Jack? When he stepped out of the house, he saw a huge vine going up to heaven. It happened in the night. In real life, change normally happens at night. God wants you to work in the daytime. And God wants you to rest at night because when you are resting, God works. The principle of God's kingdom is sowing and reaping. You plant, and then you will harvest something. God gives you opportunity to plant in the daytime. And he wants you to rest because God will work. God cannot work on something if you do not plant. God has to work on something. God has to work on something. And God doesn't work you to work like a calf or a carabao or whatever. Because God gives you the provision to rest. And the moment we violate that, there are certain consequences in our lives. The Bible says in Haggai, sometimes you work, you work, you work. You put money in a pocket with holes. Did you notice we work three, work three jobs, and what happens? Parang wala, walang savings. But during the time when you know you're not working, whatever, you have more blessing. Because in life, if you just work, 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 and forget about God, God will just look at you. At the moment you rest, you rest in His presence. You rest in God. God will start to work. God will start to work. Amen? Amen. Did you learn something? Okay, next Sunday we will continue the topic on grace. That's going to be the last topic. And just to give you a preview of what's going to happen is that the last topic on grace is our reaction will solely be on our reaction to the grace of God love going down is grace and love going up is worship we have talked about love going down for the past three Sundays and next Sunday we will talk about love going up
we always react to the grace of God by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because when we come to Him, He looks at our faith. No matter how big or how small our faith is, what matters most is we plant that faith and allow that faith to grow. That faith will not grow because of our effort. That faith will grow because of God's grace. So if we are struggling in our work, if we are struggling in the marketplace, I have good news for you this morning. God has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And you are destined to reign in this life. And the only time that you can reign in this life if we allow the enabling grace of God to work in our lives. And we can only get appropriate that grace if we receive it by faith. Amen? Gising pa ba yung katabi niya? Okay, let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you for what we have learned this morning. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your faithfulness. Allow us, Lord God, to experience that grace this week and allow that grace to overflow in our lives so that people around us will experience the same grace that we have experienced. Lord, I pray for those of us who are struggling in our work. Father, you promised that you will bless our blessing. You promised, Lord God, that you, we will be the head and not the tail. We will be above and not beneath. We will be blessed going in and going out. We will be blessed in the city. We will be blessed in the marketplace. We will be blessed in our house. We will be blessed wherever we go. And you even said, Lord God, that ask of me and you will give us the nations. Lord, we're asking for you, Lord God, that you bless each and every one of us. Let us experience your grace, Lord God. And Lord, I know difficulties would come because you did not promise, Lord God, a flawless or a, a, a worry-free thing in our lives. But Lord God, you promise in your words that if these things happen, you will deliver us. For us who are struggling in our career, some of us, Lord God, are even struggling in, in school. Give us the grace, Lord God, to be able to rise above the situation that we are into right now. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.